All right. Welcome back to the hood. This is Chill in the Green Box with Specs Thompson and The View. And like always, my co-host, he's doing going through something. Tonight, he told me he got to go bed early because he got an exam tomorrow. Like, what kind of crazy stuff? Like, it's, it's only about 8 o'clock, and he's talking about he got to go to bed early. But anyway, thanks, Dan, for being on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me tonight, Specs. I appreciate it. All right. And uh, for people who don't know who you are, give them a little brief introduction who you are. Sure. Uh, my name is Dan Price. I am an indie comics creator from Austin, Texas. Uh, I've worked on titles such as Latex Avenger, Masters of the Obvious, Halloween Man, and my current project, uh, and that's Drew Edwards' Halloween Man. I've just done work on it. Uh, and then my current project, Bigfoot Knows Karate, um, which I am the creator, uh, co-writer, and artist on the main on the main story arc. And then, right currently, right now, we have a uh, one shot Bigfoot knows karate Indigon that is uh that is out on Kickstarter currently. Oh, that is cool. uh, that's real quick and that's written by Casey Allen, my co-writer. He's taking the helm on this one, uh, with some assistance from me and artwork by Adam Caswell. Absolutely outstanding stuff. But yeah, no, I'm just an indie comics creator, man. I'm just having a good time, enjoying what we get to do, and uh, yeah, just well, I'm happy to be here, man. That's ridiculous. Um, since you since you said you're from Austin, Texas, I've been to Austin, Texas. I don't think I've been to the neighborhoods in Austin, Texas. But do y'all have the green electrical boxes in front of your neighborhoods? Yeah, we do. I have one in front of my yard. All right. Well, did you hang out hang on hang out on those um back in the day or currently? <laughs> uh, no, not currently. The, the the neighbor kid does. He's I always see him sitting on there. Uh, the, oh. uh, I, I didn't have that growing up where I lived. So that was uh, a new thing for me here in Austin is the, uh, the electrical box. Now a new thing. I've been here like 20 years, but, uh, yeah, okay. the electrical box in the front yard is pretty hilarious. But, uh, well, this show is what that kid is doing. He's just hanging out, chilling with his friends, you know, breaking things down, talking about concepts and stuff like that. So that's what the show is, just us chilling on the green box, you know, I'm talking about things because, uh. I've been on a lot of podcasts, and it's just like a creator on there talking two hours about his book, and nobody, you know, knows anything about him and, you know, care anything. So my podcast is based for so people to know about the creator, so they have a reason as to support you and keep following you after this Kickstarter, after, you know, whatever you do. Right on, man. All right. So, uh, my it's, it, so I got different segments on my show. My first segment is called... Breaking it down because when that green box, you break things down like concepts and ideas, like I said. So we're gonna break your brain down with some icebreaker questions so people know more about you. Huh? All right. Uh, first question. Uh, what superhero would you like replace uh, spots with uh, for one day? Oh, for one day. Make make it make it make it one week. Oh wow. Uh... One day would have been enough. Uh, let me think. Uh, one, one day. Um, you know, Spider-Man seems cool. We'll just go with Spider-Man. But, you know, if I had to... Uh, yeah, no. I mean, is there is there a time-traveling superhero? I mean, I'd do something like that. Uh, but otherwise... I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a couple out there. I mean, like, I know Cable from X-Men does sure. it. Uh Booster Gold. Booster yeah, Gold Booster sounds Gold. a lot more fun to be. It sounds more fun to be Booster Gold than it does Cable. He seems a little bit more 
I like he doesn't he can't take a joke. So we'll go with Booster Gold. At least he got to hang out with Blue Beetle back. Oh, do you? Then you got good old Flash too. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> so, okay, so back in the day, I don't know if you ever read Justice League back in the day when it was like headquartered as the Blue Beetle and um, Booster Gold, and they were like pals, right? And they would just cut up the whole time through the books. Mm-hmm. I, I'll do that because you know at least they're hilarious. So we'll do that. Cable, Cable. Okay, trying, yeah. I don't know what the language barrier is on here, but like Cable seems like he's got a stick in his ass. You know what I mean? So like we'll go we'll go this route. Um, yeah. um I cur- I currently read X Men. Yeah. Uh, uh, when John the hit when John the Hitman got back yeah. on, they brought in a young oh, kid. How was he? And, <laughs> and um, it had been a very teenager like, but it, it like he had a chip on his shoulder because you know since he's a time traveler, he knew about his older self and he was always trying to say like I'm better than him and stuff like right. that. And um, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. So I, I can't wait till he meet Deadpool. Can't wait till he meet Deadpool. Can't wait till he meets Deadpool. And he meets Deadpool, and Deadpool hates him. <laughs> Hilarious. Cause, Cause I thought it would be better. Cause you know, Deadpool acts like a child and he's a teenager. But Deadpool's like, no, I don't want you. I want the old right? guy. Like, oh, who are you? <laughs> Hilarious. And it translated. I guess it translated for the fans because. The next time him and Deadpool met, met um, they had to bring back the old cable, and the old cable came like, "Yeah, kid, you gotta, you gotta leave." And I just, I'm on this timeline now. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 All right. Um, uh, I don't know if you're full time on creator or you have a job, but what's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you look in the fridge after you finish working? What's the first thing you look for in the fridge? Uh. Oh, and after I start work, after I stop working? Yeah, once you get done working, you go to the fridge and you look inside of it. Maybe a Coke, uh, you know, coconut water, something like that, you know, um, the basic. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, late at night, I'll, I'll look for something, for some sort of snack that I shouldn't be eating, but, you know, other than that, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, probably like yeah, Coke yeah. or coconut water, that's usually a go-to for me. Okay. Um, so you said coconut water. Have you tried the prime drink? Prime drinks. I don't know what that is. Well, you, well probably because you you out the age range. <laughs> I was too. But um, well, they're like a like Gatorade, you know. But they use coconut water and they got different flavors and whatnot. And uh, I seen it in my job, and you know, we always crack something open and, and you know, drinking and tasting what what yeah. we're selling. But uh, apparent apparently, uh, one of the Logan kids, uh, uh, yeah, uh, not not Logan. Uh, what's that Logan name? Logan Paul and the other one. Yeah, Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah them. One of them advertise advertise oh. that, and maybe Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast does it, and uh, uh, I don't know if he's an MMA fighter or a wrestler, but some black guy. Uh. And last time WrestleMania, he uh, dressed up as one of the bottles. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> at WrestleMania, oh, that's that hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, all the kids I know what exactly what I'm talking about because I guess it's all over there, Twitch right. and all that stuff. But um, I knew nothing about it, so they got like, and it's real good. Like it's 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 refreshing. Like the coconut water brings out the flavors. Like I was prime. I'll have to check it out. All right, okay. cool. Um. Um, last question. Um, 
uh, if you go on a trip and you know you pack a suitcase or whatever, and um, your luggage get lost, what be uh, two items that you like crowd over that you you know you lost in? Oh, my laptop and my phone probably would be the two biggest thing. My laptop would be my 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 head would explode. I mean, absolutely. And it's not even the machine. I can buy another computer. It's just the data, you know. Uh, but the other thing yeah. that I, you know, like my toothbrush, you know. But I mean, you know, what I mean? <laughs> you can buy. A you know what I mean? But it's like I need that. You know, like you get lost on the, your luggage, lost when you're going on vacation. You just like you got, you got nothing, you know. You, so anyway, yeah. But my laptop mm-hmm. would definitely be the biggest thing. Phone would probably be number two. You know, I can buy clothes, but you know, yeah. getting all that—it's you know what I mean. Yeah, um, my first time in Miami, I didn't lose it on a flight. Uh, was in Hilton Hotel, a hotel room, and one of the people I'm staying with, he decides to smoke like while we are like out okay. at the beach. So we like, we get a phone, we get a phone call. He trying to tell us come back to the hotel, come back to the hotel. We say, Nah, man, we we out here having fun. We keep trying to get us going to the hotel. Like, oh man, this man probably did something he supposed to, or lost his key right, or something. Right. You know. We come back. He come. We come back. He's sitting alive, and he's like, "Man, I just tried to smoke before I came meet y'all." And uh, the uh, they came. They came here like five minutes later, and just and bust into the room. And we was like, "Okay, so what happened?" Yeah, they uh, they kicked us out the room, and they took all our stuff out the oh, room too. <laughs> But the person who did it, or person who had the keys to get our stuff out this random room they locked our stuff in, went home for the day. So they, so we couldn't have access to none of our stuff. So not only we had to get a new hotel from a, diff, a complete different right. hotel, we had to buy like all new stuff so we can spy for the next day. Did he smoke <laughs> in the room, and that's how they busted you? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was at like a Marriott okay. or or a Hyatt or something, right. and. I don't know. Uh, it was I. I don't know. Like I still don't know to this day. Like it came super quick. It almost made me think it was some hostile type stuff. Like they got cameras in the room Ooh. because he said like he barely finished smoking and there was inside. Oh, wow. Oh wow. Yeah. I know. I remember like freshman year of yeah. college. I learned a lot. Smoke anyway. Yeah. Similar experience. <laughs> yeah. So. So so yeah. So I, we still know how they got. How they got notified so quick? Because you still got to do the knock on the door, yeah, room, yeah. you know, security or whatever. And he said, "No, nah, he just turned around and it was like five of them in the room." <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. So let's um, end that segment. We move on to our, my next segment. Uh, being in comics, you should know all about this one. It's called the back okay. issues. And um, for people. For people who don't know the back issues, if you want to know about a character's origin story, you'll read their back issues to find it out. For example, if you want to know about Blue Beetle, you go read his back issues to find out about his origin story. So now we can go into your back issues to find out about your origin story. You got story. it. All right. So first, uh, you already told us. Well, I think you did, but where are you from and what do you call your hood? Uh, I am from... Uh... I am from Southeast Austin, man. So uh, I live. I live in. I'm so mm-hmm. south. It's called Way South. Is the uh, area of Austin I live in? Yeah, it's called <laughs> okay. Way South. And um, yeah, that's what I'm. Southeast side. Love it down here. Been here for about seven years, and uh, lived all over the city. But this is home. You know, it's definitely home. Okay. 
Um, I've been to South by Southwest like oh, yeah. four or five times, so I I know I know a little bit about um Austin, but uh, where are you uh at versus that oh, location? I, like where it, they, I guess the yeah, no, you're you're talking about in the downtown area. I live south of downtown. I live south of the river. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so like okay. when I'm, uh back in the day, I would definitely be at South by Southwest, like you know, having a great time and doing all the stuff down there. Now I'm like old, so it's like we don't go north mm-hmm. of the river during South by Southwest. <laughs> I work from home anyway, so it's not like it affects yeah. me and my work, you know, trying to travel and you know, around the city and all that stuff. But I mean, I love it. I do love it. I, I plan to go check out Interactive this year at the very least and go check out uh, yeah, the Interactive. I never make it to that. I always seem to do more music and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, South by's mm-hmm. South by's a blast. Uh, have you been down recently for that, or has it been? Years past or what? I haven't been since twenty. I had I haven't been since twenty sixteen, but uh, one of my uh, one of my friends uh, we used to work together in the music industry and stuff like that. He he had the stage. He had a stage the last couple yeah. of years, but he uh, wants me to help him out with this with the, with the stage oh. down there. And he said he's gonna incorporate one of my uh, comic books into it too. So I might you know I might come down there for that. Too, awesome. so. But it'd be different though. Cause I'll be down. I'll be down there promoting my book. Versus right. music, so I wonder how that's going. And let me know when you're in town. Seriously, well, uh, let me know. We'll mm-hmm. do something. All right. Yeah, like we have a. Uh, I'm 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 from Augusta, Georgia, so we have a similar event up here. Like we have the Masters, which is like the Super Bowl of the uh, sure. golfing here, and that like locks locks the city up. And uh, we also have uh, Peach Jam. Um, that's not as big as Masters, but it is a big deal. Um, it's a, a high school um, athlete tournament, and um, scouts and pro players and coaches and stuff come and look at the kids well, play. And the la- the last couple years, LeBron James has oh, come to the city ass. to watch the kids. Yeah, yeah. Now this next yeah. weekend, Austin City Limits Festival starts up. So the next couple of weekends, the city will be. Pretty, we'll be pretty freaking busy, but uh, you know it's cool. Uh, ACL Festival is a great music venue or a good music festival for sure. I've done that one probably about four or five, six times, something like that. It's a good show. Cool. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of music, um, what what music artist or music genre got you liking music or into music? Oh man, um, you know it's. Uh, you know, I mean, like my folks like rock and roll, so that was you know the immediate, you know first thing I was listening to. Uh, like most, like you know, white kids from the '80s and '90s, you know, the Beastie Boys were my intro into hip hop. Honestly, <laughs> you know, but I, I did, okay. you know, but I was like ten years old when I started listening to that, and then it went to LL uh, LL Cool J and Run DMC. I'm young. This is like in the '80s, and I started listening to that stuff, um, and then just. I love for hip hop through uh, blues was like the first music like I found on my own. Um, you know, cause like somebody introduced me mm-hmm. to rock, somebody introduced me to, you know, uh, to hip hop. But like for me, uh, the first music I found on my own, just you know, just pulling around the radio and then starting to buy albums and stuff was the blues, um, which I love to this day. Um, and uh, my grandfather was a jazz musician, so uh, I got exposed to jazz really early. And uh, so I listened to, you know, funk, 
Um, I listen to a lot of different punk bands, current and past. Just whatever I can get my hands on, I'll pretty much sponge up any any music I can get my hands on. So, but uh, yeah. Uh, bringing up uh, being white and introduction to being Beastie Boys. Uh, so how do you sure. feel about Vanilla Ice? Did you listen to him? No. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Never, no. 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 Because, like, okay, so, like, Vanilla Ice was like the white MC Hammer. Yes. Okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. And there's just a facsimile one to the other. Um, and I wasn't into Hammer to begin with. That wasn't, you know, at that time what music I was listening to. I've never been a pop person, you know, and that was definitely pop music. Oh, you know okay, what I okay. mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I like, you know, when I was around that time, I was probably doing a lot of, uh, probably doing a lot of punk rock at that point in my life, you know, which okay. is something I still listen to, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, so listening to stuff like that, MC Hammer and Elias are not really, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. You know, at that point in time, I was probably, you know, in that, in uh, rap, hip-hop, I was probably listening to, like, stuff like Public Enemy. Okay. You know, that was probably what I was into around that time period. Because, uh, you know, I got exposed to it uh, a couple of different directions. But, you know, I mean, they just done that thing with Anthrax, which was cool, you know, with the, you know, um, Bring the Noise when... Public Enemy and uh, Anthrax came together to do a version of Bring the Noise. It was mm-hmm. really cool, and I know that that was something that kind of grabbed me and sort of listening to PE more. But they were on Def Jam, so I'd listened to them through, you know, you found them through other artists and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. What about comics? What comic? What comic book or comic related TV show got you into comics? Okay, this is a good question. Uh, the, uh, the, again, like, I mean, I'm old, I'm like 47. Okay. So like, um, I'll put that on there first because like the, the, there's like three movies that really got me when I was a kid. And then there's like the first comic a few years later, but when I was like three, five years old, like the original Superman movie with Christopher Reeve and, uh, the movie Flash Gordon with Sam J. Jones, you've seen it, right? You know, that crazy ass. Yeah. Flash Gordon, yeah. Flash Gordon is a great movie. Yeah, and there was nobody remembers um, that those three movies really grabbed me and brought me into that, you know, to superheroes and all that stuff. But there was a uh, when I was eight, I rode my bike to the grocery store with a friend of mine, Carlos, and we picked up comic books. I got like X Men two hundred seven, Marvel Saga number eight. I remember reading those, and that Marvel Saga book was like a reprint of old sixties comics. And I remember like getting exposed to like Fantastic mm-hmm. Four and Iron Man and characters like that in that book because it was just like clips of different comics and stuff. Come here, serious. There. Um, anyway, so um, the uh, so I was really into that, but that X Men comic was so cool. It was uh, I don't know if you remember the cover. It was uh, Wolverine ripping through the cover. It was X Men two hundred seven. It was like the first yeah. time he did that yeah. in a yeah. cover. It was. It was killer. It was a total, that cover was a total grabber. And, um, and then my love for comics just kind of uh, spurned off from there. I mean, it was a, as a reader when I was young and then wanting to draw them as I got older. Um, you know, Image, when Image popped in 1992, it was like, holy shit, I can actually create my own characters and my own, uh, own storylines and do my own thing. That seemed that seemed so much cooler than me to me than working for a Marvel or a DC or something like that, and so that was really like my love 
my love for like wanting to create comics came from was around that time period. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of my guests around your age range, maybe even older ones, but your age range, like that image and uh, Valiant and mm-hmm. I forgot the other one. That was like a real big deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, we see we hit we hit a remnants of it now and stuff like that. But you know, of course, I was too young. Like I, I might might have been three or four sure. when that happened. But uh, it it seemed like it's a real big time. Like it's it a real big event that happened. Uh, I assume because y'all was already followed the creators in other books, and when they branched off and, and made that, it made it even bigger deal. Yeah, and there was this thing back in the day uh, called Wizard Magazine. You've ever heard of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. They had WizardCon back in the day too. Yeah, they used to do Wizard World, uh, Wizard World conventions. Yeah. Well, Wizard was mm. like, it was like the hype machine for comics at that point. You know what I mean? It was like, it was the uh, every issue you'd find out. You know, uh, you know they do have something kick-ass on the cover, and they would do uh, so many. You know, do these articles and stuff about the new books and the hot books and things like that. And when Image came out. It just took over. It just took over the magazine. Everything was image this and image that. And so it was real. And everybody read Wizard. I mean, everybody read Wizard. So, um, you know, there was some cool stuff going on at Marvel, but then it all just kind of jumped over. I mean, if you, everybody, at least, somebody was a fan of at least one of the seven original creators. There was no way you couldn't be because they were, for the most part, a pretty, uh, diverse in style art group, you know what I mean? Like, I tell mm-hmm. Lee, they kind of, you know, Sylvestri, you know, they all kind of fall into, you know, the superhero action stuff, but, you know, the rest of them definitely doing their own, you know, definitely had their own styles doing their own thing. It was cool. I mean, it was, it was definitely a grabber because you, um, it, it made it feel like anything was possible. You know, you didn't have to just, Okay, I'm gonna submit my work to the big two, and if it doesn't work out, then that's it. Oh, do what you want. You can do anything you want. And I love that. I mean, I, I truly love that because, I mean, that's what leads me to be able to do a comic book like Latex Avenger or Big Nose Karate. They're such off the wall concepts, but it would never happen in Marvel and DC world. But we can do it here all we want, and you know, all that's stopping us is absolutely nothing. It's, it's pretty cool. And thank you. I thank yeah, Image yeah. for that. I mean, really, for me, you know, Ninja Turtles had come out previously, but n- nothing had the splash that Image had and the impact that Image had in terms of creator-owned comics. Okay, okay. Uh, you think they tried to do the same thing recently? Uh, uh, not Comicsgate, but it might be Comicsgate, but uh, the Red Rooster guy? Oh, no, okay. Red Rooster? Yeah, I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I don't keep up with the comics gate stuff. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, I guess there's a whole bunch of creators that, I guess, branch off and do their own thing. Uh, and then uh, something happened, and I guess it became comics gate. So, <laughs> I don't know. But I, the creator was telling me about oh, it. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of like a... Yeah, I don't really keep up with all that stuff. That's just kind of not, not my story to tell, you know what I mean? But... uh yeah, there's a lot of those image creators, like the people who were uh, in different studios and stuff, definitely going and making, doing something in that realm. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Yeah. Not much I do, I have noticed. Mm-hmm. So, 
So yeah, I think I think I guess a better version of that would have been like the Substack stuff. I guess people was it Substack? Yeah, creators leaving. Uh, I guess DC and doing their own Substack and doing their own you know creator things for like a, a portion of money. Then like come back. Uh, yeah. Somebody did. Somebody did recently. I want to say Tom Taylor. I'm, I might be wrong, but uh, yeah, they made their own little creator own book. And, and I guess did did good. And DC was like, "Well, we got some more money for you. Come in here <laughs> and run it back." There they go again, yep. right? You know, but uh, good for them, though, man. Get where the money is. I, I applaud them for it. Yeah. And if you can make it on your own, then do it. Yeah, you that that lures you more money in from you know come back. Do it. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. You know. So my last question this segment. Um. Uh. So when did you when did you ever find out that you're a nerd? Oh, I think it was pretty early on. <laughs> I think they, well, I do, you know, I mean, I think the biggest part was accepting it quickly, you know, and not feeling awkward about it mm-hmm. because, you know, I knew a lot of kids who felt like, you know, they didn't fit in, you know, because of that. And I, I you know, I liked reading comics, man, but I liked skateboarding too. So I'd go to the ramp and I'd be wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, just own it. Own it. That's your only. That's your only option. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So, um, but like, you know, it's it's funny now that all the stuff that I liked growing up is so mainstream today. Um, but it, I think it only makes sense. You know, I mean, it was, you know, I don't know. It, it cracks me up though when I think back about it. Um, I remember one day I, a guy gave me a hard time when my, one of my uh, friends gave me a hard time because I was wearing a. Mickey Mouse t-shirt to school and you know I've got like Doc Martens I've got like Doc Martens on and you know ripped up jeans or whatever and I'm wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt he goes so not punk and I'm like I'm not trying to be punk man. Like, Mickey, Mickey Mouse dork look at this but anyway whatever you know just another guy wearing a Sid Vicious t-shirt you know from the Sex Pistols yeah and this guy goes who's Sid Vicious and I was like you need to learn to read son you yeah know, uh, you gotta learn to read anyone whatever so yeah, it's um, it's funny. Uh, pretty sure it's probably out your 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 your, t- your time frame. But when I was in high school, <laughs> it was a thing. Like they just made um, uh, like all the like cartoon characters, like you know your Buzz Bunny, your Mickey Mouse, your SpongeBob. Yeah. They're like super duper dope dealers. Like like all these show- shirts, they'd be like Mickey Mouse with all these rings and like SpongeBob dresses the pimp and stuff like that. <laughs> we had all that tower going on. So like. Uh, then like, let's say you was walking around a Mickey Mouse shirt, then you know you got got joked on by wearing it. Then like, the yeah, next yeah. Little, the next little fad, you probably had Mickey Mouse dressed in you know with uh Jordans on and stuff like that. Then like, oh yeah. man, cool shirt, cool shirt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. I need that. But yeah, uh, I need Mickey Mouse with a bunch of rings. Real. <laughs> I need this. I need this. Um. Uh, my joke now about Mickey Mouse, uh, uh, I say them red shorts got a whole bunch of pockets for all that money because they own everything now, like, like basically oh, yeah. everything. Yeah, from like, from like yeah. Natural Geographic, Star Wars, you know, uh, the Mar- everything in Marvel, yeah. <laughs> ESPN. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they got it all. They got it all. Yeah, and um, I had this image on on my Facebook. It's like, um. Uh, 
it had like the Death Star and the uh, uh, S-Cop, you know, building right there. And it had all the links of uh, all the stuff that, you know, Disney owns. And it's like so many stuff. Like, it's basically showing the house. Disney keeps all the money inside their house. Like, it's like house of mouse. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Do They, they don't own ILM, though, do they? Um, they might. They own a lot. Like, uh, like, they like, a lot. they made, did they buy that when they got Lucasfilm? That's what I was wondering. Well, so they got, they got, they, they, they got all the Lucasfilm production companies, the, uh, LucasArts. They got, uh, a lot of stuff they absorbed, then, like, got rid of and just hired the people into their own thing. Man. Like, wow. uh, I don't know, was it Pixar or DreamWorks, where, which are one? They got rid of those Pixar. animation ones. And use their own Disney ones. Like, uh, if you ever watched the movie Wreck It Ralph, one of the, I don't know, it's one or yeah. two. Uh, the little girl, she goes to the room with all the princesses. And uh, what's the princess name? The one from Brave starts talking. She's talking to all kind of Russian and stuff. <laughs> and the other princesses be like, oh, we don't understand her because she's from a different studio. Because that's the one of the studios they absorb. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yeah, but it's stuff, funny stuff like that. And it's in that movie, all that stuff they can show in that movie because Disney owns all that stuff. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, they can yeah. go. They can go wild as long as Disney lets them, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, moving on to my next segment. Um, it's called the Hotkeys. Uh, it's a double meaning yeah. term. You know, um, in comics, you know, the hotkeys are the key issues you want to grab. You know, when new artist, new writer. A new uh, uh, character uh, or a storyline nowadays that get turned to movies or TV shows get introduced. You want to grab those because those are the important issues. As well, in music, uh, hotkeys of buttons or producer or DJ will press uh, on their uh, keyboard or the turntable to trigger certain sounds or songs uh, on it. You know, get people turned up or uh, get spirits up in the, uh, in the song or whatever. So, this segment is for this interview highlight certain things and questions you want people to take from this interview. Uh, it's from questions that you know, I came up with while we were talking and questions I asked you previously. So, uh, going into that, uh, so you said you wanted to draw comics, you know, as a kid. So are you an artist and writer or just a writer? Uh, no, artist and writer. So um, I started off really as an artist and kind of slipped in being a writer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with my first comics, you know, I was doing in both, I was doing both, uh, both assignments. And then I ended up hiring a writer for a while or an artist for a while. And I was just writing a couple things at the same time. And then, you know, and I, and I wrote for a long time, I was doing nothing but writing and fell back into drawing again. Um, when I took, I, I'm a graphic designer, creative director for my day job. And so the day I kind of slipped into, I'm going to do take all the skill set that I've learned as a graphic designer and start applying to it to what I do as a comic book illustrator. That was a game changer. Um, I started, you know, drawing digitally. I dropped the pen and paper and started drawing digitally. And, um, you know, and, you know, and that's what kind of led me into doing Bigfoot Knows Karate now uh, on the main storyline. Uh, and, you know, I love writing, but I come from a comedy comics background. Um, you know, like Family Guy style comics, you know, that kind of thing, superhero satire. 
And uh, so I have Casey Allen with me on Bigfoot Knows Karate. Excuse me. And I have Casey with me on Bigfoot Knows Karate. And uh, he's a hell of a writer, you know, so it is uh, it's pretty cool um, working with him because we, we get just to bounce ideas off each other. But um, it's it's a weird balance, you know, co-writing with somebody and then doing the arts tours. It's a lot, but hell of a lot of fun. All right. Um, I think you might be the first guest that really talk really about a co-writer. I think yeah. I think some of them had them, but they didn't really talk about them. But you, you talk really highly of yours. So what's the benefit or the needs or the wants of having a co-writer? You know, they just see it from another direction. You know, I mean, like I said, so like um, comedy comics, that's it. for me, that was like one shot books every single time. You, There was no continuity. There was no driving story arc. You know, it was all very much like an episodic television and that was it. You know what I mean? You just watch one and then the next one. And it was just like, you know, everything would reset from issue to issue. With Casey, um, I want, well, what I wanted was a more cinematic, bigger in scope story than anything that uh, I'd ever tried before. And I had never done anything like that. Casey, I know, had more experience and that sort of thing. Initially, he was just going to be my editor. That was going to be the, 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 role he was going to take for the comic and then i just dropped this like bible of information on him i'm like okay this is what i'm thinking and uh you know he helped me parse through it and make sense of it and pace it and you know came up with the name for the big bad guy in the first issue which is kung fu sulu um you know because i mean the book is like godzilla versus kong meets kill bill with a twist that's the way we look at the book and um he, uh, you know, came up with the name of the bad guy. You know, I drew it out from there. We just, you know, it, it's it's a different experience writing with somebody, but it's really nice to have somebody to volley with, you know, mm-hmm. and just chop it up back and forth and just do it how we do it. Um, I, I, there's definitely, for me, there's definitely, uh, it's it's a positive experience for sure. I hope so for Casey. Otherwise, it's a lion to me. So, <laughs> so is it like a... Um executive producer and director type of thing or like how how would you explain it i think that i think that's the best way to describe it from uh like with the Hinnagon storyline the the one shot we're doing right now Mm -hmm. that's like my role is like executive producer that's the best way to describe it you know because you know casey's done such a great job with the first two books you know and his role in that yeah it was it was it was it was time to let him just kind of run free with the property, you know, and have some fun with it. And he is he had the script idea. He wanted to do it. Um, the idea was like this could give me a little bit of breathing room, um, from, you know, so I can didn't have to like, just rush into the next issue. Uh, so that's what it helped me out. I needed some time, you know, to do my you know just to breathe for a minute because you know I mean. It's indie comics, man. It's 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 a beast. Um, so uh, and then the artist on the project came to us actually from a piece of fan art. Uh, you know that was the original the original way we met him was through a piece of fan art that he did that um, we ended up putting on a cover oh, for our first issues uh, deluxe edition, and it's just absolutely incredible. His name's Adam Caswell. And he's doing the interiors on this on this new book that we're doing. Um, 
And then so we did, we have issue two. Uh, he did the wraparound cover for our deluxe edition, this issue. And, oh, uh, yeah, it's just beautiful stuff. Can you see? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous shit. I mean, I just absolutely love it. And so, it was like a natural that Adam come on and do the interiors on this story. So, we we're doing it in black and white versus, you know, color how we normally do our books. And uh, it's just a good one-shot book, you know, and people can come in and check it out if they like to pick up the other issues, you know, but, uh, yeah. Uh, two questions based off of what you just said. First one, uh, what's a deluxe issue versus, uh, I guess, the sure. standard issue? Okay, so um, the deluxe issue, we've been really fortunate. We've received over 150 plus pieces of fan art and um, for Big Fitness Karate, which is incredible to me. And so um, started off, we did it just because uh, in the first issue, we wanted to show off some of the artwork that we received. So um, we started doing the deluxe editions, which had um, had fan art in it, as well as, you, were, uh, you might not remember, uh, director's commentaries, uh, in the back, uh, in the on DVDs, there was uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So I was always a big fan of those when DVDs were a popular item. So um, we would do um, we would do uh, we we took the that concept and included it into the comic book. So if you clicked on this QR code, it takes you to a YouTube video. Okay, and the YouTube video um, is a director's commentary roundtable discussion where we talk about the book at length. We go through, uh, it's myself, Casey, uh, you know, on this next one we have coming up on Kickstarter right now, Adam will join us. My friend Kat, the High Heel Gamer, is going to probably host for us because she usually does and she's incredible. We just bring in a couple other folks and we just talk about the book at length and, you know, go into the details and why we did this and that and the other. And it gives us the chance to really explain the work that we regard so much during before the book comes out. It gives us a chance to really talk about it. So those are the main differences. It's the same comic, uh, same story, but you get the art gallery, which is usually eight, ten pages long. For Hinnegan, it will definitely be at least eleven pages, uh, at least eleven pages for that, as well as the director's commentary piece as well. So yeah, that's the difference. And then they different covers and that sort of thing. It's just okay, a different okay. way to do a variant, but making the variant have more, giving the variant a bit more than just the regular edition. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah, I was going to do uh, something similar with my uh, my volume. So I do floppies one single, one issue too. So when I did the, the, the volume. I was going to do mm-hmm. uh, I got little one shot side stories, and I was going to put mm-hmm. those in there too. Yeah, so it's like kind of similar concept. Yeah, yeah, because they're not yeah, the side stories. The side stories, I think one of them I actually printed, but all the rest of them been just digital stuff. You know, I just sent out through the Kickstarter links and stuff like that. So if you get the volume, you get the that extra printed version that you know I ever got. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome, man. You gotta make, uh, uh, yeah, you gotta make those volumes a little bit more exciting. You know, get some extras, some good extras in there, and that sort of thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, being an artist, how hard it was for you to pick an artist. Um, this one was a no brainer, you know, Adam came in, you know, like I said, it was, he started off as a piece of uh, doing fan art, 
actually mailed it to my house. It's that one right there. And I mean, I saw it and I had to, I paid him. I was like, I'm going to pay you for this and we're going to run it, you know, as a cover. And he's just been running with me and Casey ever since. And so for the first person to take on uh, this project, it was, he does such a beautiful version of, of Bigfoot that it made perfect sense to me. Uh, I did not have any hesitation. You know, I, I think a lot of artists get nervous about having people draw their characters and are they going to do it right? And they're going to bring, you know, bring the right, right qualities to it. Not me. Mm -hmm. I have that problem. I mean, look, when people send you stuff like this, you know, you yeah. Start seeing, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, it's incredible to me. Uh, I want to see people's different versions. I want to see what people are coming up with. I think it's incredible, you know, so, um, so to see somebody else take the ball and run with it, with the character and all the other, you know, the IP and all that, and just have some fun with it in a different way. Let's go. I'm, I'm totally in 100%. I'm in 100% because I don't draw like anybody else I know. Nobody, You know what I mean? Adam doesn't draw like anybody else I know. Our, our styles are completely different from one another. You know, but uh, it works. It just works. Okay. Uh, and what is Bigfoot Nose Karate even about? Yeah. Um, so, like I said earlier, I mean, think Godzilla versus Kong meets Kim Bill with a twist. Uh, it's the story of a gentle yet deadly cryptid warrior who, uh, in the first issue, has to go into battle with Kung Fu Thulu, the martial arts finding Cthulhu versus the martial arts finding Bigfoot, the ultimate cryptid showdown. Um, that's just the first issue. Um, when I said with a twist, I mean it. There's a, uh, a lot of twists and turns through the comic. Uh, think of it, you know, I've often said it's like a twist of X-Files or a twist of Lost, you know, and you kind of get that vibe going on in the story. Um, there, it is an introspective character. I mean, if you were the only one of your existence, in, in existence of your, of your species, nobody, nobody knew you, nobody loved you, nobody cared. Nobody's ever seen you. What would that do to you? What would that do to your psyche? What would that do to your soul? What would that do to you the way you think about the world? By the way, you're a giant cryptid and you know karate. It's, you know, that's the kind of the crux of the story. And um, then first issue, you know, he was completely alone in the world. And then in the second issue, he's surrounded by enemies. I ask you which one's better, to be completely alone or to have, a, you know, a knife pointed at you everywhere, which way you go. Um, you know, there's, we work with a lot of different cryptids, kaiju, monsters of lore. Um, you know, in issue two, we brought out a chupacabra with a shotgun that would knock your socks <laughs> Um, we've had, we're just having a blast just writing, you know, this crazy book that's completely off the rails. You know, I remember, uh, Casey said to me one time, he goes, you think we're going off the rails with this issue? And I said, Dude, we started off the rails, man. We can, there's nowhere else to go, but, you know, keep going crazier and crazier with it. So that's what we're doing. Okay. What, what, uh, you said it's your first, your first indie project, right? Well, the first ones you did yourself, right? Yeah, no, no, this is my fourth indie title. Um, so my first one, I, I was Latex Avenger and that was, uh, that was this, like, a, he had a psychic spermicidal foam lad, and together they repelled crime 99.9% of the time. Uh, from there, I did another project uh, with a guy named Bonadami. His name was, it was called Masters of the Obvious. 
It was a sci-fi space parody. You had characters like Dr. Biclops. He has two eyes. The Visible Woman, you can't miss her. Uh, LeBron, the Snapping Turtle, don't make him snap. You wouldn't like him when he snaps. And they uh, flew around in a battle toaster called the USS Screensaver, having pop culture adventures throughout the galaxy. I did that, and then that led to a project with the Stan Lee Foundation. And that was another creator-owned project that I did in association with for Stan Lee. And um, that was called Excelsior-ish. Um, so I did that project for them. After that, I took a break from comics. I had just gotten married, uh, you, uh, you know, and I was raising some kids. A few other things happened. Bond passed away. Uh, we, he was my creative partner by that point. You know, we'd worked on several things together. And uh, so I took a break. Took a break. I needed it. Came back and started doing work on Drew Edwards' Halloween Man, the Ringo-nominated Drew Edwards' Halloween, Halloween Man. Uh, I did that, and then uh, done some covers for some different people. Super Stunner Chronic Rangers was the last cover I did uh, recently. Oh uh, yeah, I, I interview interview Chipman. Uh, I guess the guy, the, the guy. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Chip. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, yeah, so I did a cover for them. If you saw the um, dogs running down the stairs, sorry. Uh, if you saw um, the one where they're all jumping out, that was my cover. So I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, anyway, the uh, and then I got back into I, I had come up with the idea for Bigfoot Dance Karate back in like 2014, 2015, something like that. And uh, sorry if you hear dogs in the background, but uh, there's dogs in the background. Um, anyway, so I started doing um, I had had worked on Bigfoot Dance Karate back in the day, but it was. No, it was supposed to be a comedy, and frankly, it wasn't funny. So I shelved it. Shelved <laughs> it. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's not working, it's not working. But one thing I truly loved from the whole thing was the name. I just thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. It was a great name. And then I started drawing it again, like 2017, 2018, sort of playing with the idea again. That's when you got this deep, introspective character that, you know, uh, you know, that has inner monologue and wields a sword and just, you know, the whole story just kind of changed all over the place, but it couldn't be the trite story of, you know, revenge story, because how do you get revenge if you don't have anybody to, you know, you don't have a wife, you don't have kids, you don't have possessions, you don't need a revenge story. So it had to be something completely different, which has led us down the road that we're on here now. Okay. Yeah. Dope, dope. Um, so, just being in the Kickstarter world, doing interviews, mm -hmm. I see that Bigfoot and Cthulhu are big names now in comics. Why? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the Cthulhu like, uh, thing when I started up. Okay, I didn't know that Cthulhu was such a big deal when, I, when we came up with this uh, whole thing. Bigfoot, that's just blown up on me. You know, I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? But I've just noticed there's a lot more Bigfoot books than there were before. The Cthulhu thing, no, I, we walked into it. And I was like, oh, shit, there's a lot of <laughs> Cthulhu books out there. You know what I mean? So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of them now. There's a lot of them. That's cool. You know yeah. what? It doesn't bother me. I think it's cool because there are rich characters that you can do a lot with. I... I wonder if anybody's going to do something similar to what we're doing, but I have a feeling now. I think it's probably pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, 
in, in school, you know, I read Lovecraft, you know, his stuff. Never really cared for it. it. It really didn't hit, you know. Maybe one story did, but like Cthulhu and all the rest of stuff, like I didn't really care. Yeah. Then um, a TV show came out a year, a couple years back called uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, how was know, that? It was popular. Uh, I haven't finished it. I think I only watched three episodes and okay. so haven't we haven't went back to it. But it, it was pretty good. Um, it's uh, it, I guess it's trippy. You know, it's it's just weird because uh, you know his stuff, you know what's going on. But it seemed like right after the show, it's all the Cthulhu stuff. Yeah. And I was like, why do people care about this Cthulhu thing so much? But oh, I, I guess it's just. And then the funny part about it, the more you learn about him, the deadly he is. So <laughs> everybody's putting it out there. So. Hopefully we don't create something. He comes out, you know. Oh yeah, no. I mean, we, you know, our Cthulhu is based on Max Cady from Cape Fear and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So it's a uh, <laughs> Randy Savage. Yeah. So <laughs> it's our Cthulhu is a little, uh, a little different. You know what I mean? But it's a, uh, you know what? It's again rich character, a lot. You know, public domain. Go have fun. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's yeah. the challenge of working with public domain characters. Is anyone and everyone can do one and. You know, so just be prepared to, you know, make your stick out and, you know, shine amongst the rest is really the challenge, right? Yeah. Well, one of my creator friends, he did, uh, what, Winnie the Pooh, was it Demon Slayer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, uh, that's, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, no, he's yeah. a really nice guy, and I can't remember his name. He's in my head right now. Sorry, bro. BM, BMR, BMR yeah. Comics. I know that, but yeah. Yep, yeah. Uh, he did uh, that, then, then at the same time, they were doing that Winnie Pooh horror movie at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Like, um, they had, they, it was like little things going between them, but I think they like actually talked to each other, and they, I think they're actually real cool now. But uh, it was a little thing going on between them on, uh, on Twitter at one point in time. It was pretty funny. That's hilarious. But that being said, I haven't seen nobody else really besides them two actually use Winnie the Pooh in their stuff. Oh yeah, there'll be more. But you know, but right now I'm glad that uh, Nick. I'm glad that Nick is doing what he's doing Nick, with, yeah. uh, with uh, Winnie the Pooh. It's really cool stuff. I backed uh, the mm-hmm. first campaign, and it was it was really amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, public domain, uh, cryptides, cryptids. The first time I ever heard that term. So, like, <laughs> what what exactly is it? Yeah, cryptid is uh, who falls under it. Yeah, Bigfoot, you know, Loch Ness monster, Mothman, Yetis, Sasquatches, you know, Inagon, whatever you name it. The uh, you know, there's uh, all sorts of creatures that fall under the cryptid category. So. Usually, like urban, like urban legends, like urban legends, yeah, uh, like or like an you know like um, in Alabama they have one called uh, Casey. He lives out in Alabama. Uh, he lives out near Birmingham. He was telling me about cryptid out that area called the Alabama White Thing, P H A N G. You know, just like mm-hmm. it's like a Bigfoot but smaller and it's all white and you know and it's supposed to run around oh, the Alabama yeah. countryside just causing havoc or something like that. You know, Pukwudgie, uh, you know, uh, Alicante. There's so many, you know, Alicante's from Chile. The, uh, I can't remember where the, where the, uh, 
with the uh, little guys. Those anyway, but you know, they're just from all over the place. The Inagons from Japan. The you know, they're all from different parts of the world, which is so incredible to me that every country, every uh, you know, culture has these creatures that you know somebody's heard of them or somebody's kind of seen them, but nobody really knows. And the stories passed down from generation to generation, really, then you know, written in the written text and. You know, it, I kind of suppose the idea that what if the all this Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, uh, you know, Yeti, Pentagon, whatever, all these creatures, what if they're just the same guy running around throughout the world for years and years and years? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's what it. That's why they tried to say about uh, Bigfoot and the Yeti. Yeah, was the same. Was the same for me. You know? It could be. It could very well be. I I don't know. I I mean I don't really believe in Bigfoot Yetis and that sort of thing as a general rule. But you know why not? I mean that's the thing. You know one thing that we incorporate in Bigfoot knows karate. There's a there's an element of astral projection in the story. Um, you know if nobody can see if, if nobody can see Bigfoot, then where does Bigfoot go when he's not visible? You know, what if he's not what if he's not just the greatest hide and seek champion of all time? What if he is really, you know, moving from planes of existence, you know, between you know, when he's not here on earth? You know, so we we play with a lot of different facets for the character because there's such possibilities. I mean, really, you can do so much with a character like Bigfoot. That's just my opinion. I mean, then again, we stuck him in a gi and gave him swords, so you know, what do I know? Yeah, uh, off topic, but it's kind of what you were talking about, about, you know, what does Bigfoot do, do when uh, nobody's watching them or see them, right? Yeah. It was a, a meme I've seen, you know, about Toy Story. Right. Like, you know, the toys, they go to sleep yeah. or pretend they be, like, dead. And they say, <laughs> it's, it's not funny. I'm bad for laughing. But they say, if one, if one of the toys died... <laughs> Andy would never know it toys did. He'd just be playing with the dead toys. Yeah, no it's just not, that'd be funny if it, uh, well, I don't know if it'd be funny, but it'd be funny if they rotted a little bit. Maybe he's just running around with this toy, just, you know. You know yeah. Ridiculous. Smells bad. You know, drawing flies. Yeah, and all the toys would be like in shock. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, he's playing with <laughs> dead toy. You know, anyway. <laughs> But yeah. Um, also, uh, how do you feel about the state of comics right now? Um, you know, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of people who are negative about the state of comics right now. Whether it's uh, you know the declining market in terms of you know declining market share and things like that, or you know people having some political ridiculousness you know going on in their and in, in their comic book needs. I don't know. It's not my, you know my thing. For me, I love, I don't pay attention to what's going on with everyone else. I think the, be the best thing mm -hmm. to do is focus in on what you're doing. I've met an amazing, amazing community on Instagram. I can't believe, you know what I mean? The people who are excited mm -hmm. about making comics and coming together and just being freaking kind. You know what I mean? Just being kind, you know, I mean. I don't know if you know if you're on Twitter, but you know it's not always the nicest place in the world, you know. Um, and I was, you know, during the pandemic, um, you know, during lockdown, you know, you saw a lot of people start making comments, 
And there was a, you know, for me, it was like coming back, you know, coming back to making comics was like starting all over again, because now we're using Kickstarter and social media in ways that wasn't even a thing. Um, feel a lot of love in the indie community. You know what I mean? Like just people who are happy to be there and excited and just excited, pumped up to, to make something new. Um, I think that indie comics are a great way to springboard into another medium, too. Uh, if you look at what's going on in uh, Hollywood right now, they're grabbing hold of, you know, well, I'm sure you're aware Marvel makes movies, you know, DC makes movies, right? Yeah. But, you know, what you're starting to see, too, is they're pulling from other uh, from other indie properties. And wouldn't it be cool for me, at least, you know, I think it would be cool to see a Bigfoot Nose Karate animated, uh, animated show and be the dream. That is the dream, you know, honestly. Um, but, you know, I just think that it's, you can do anything you want to do with comics. And I think that people get caught up in, you know, well, that's not the superhero I grew up on. You know what? No, it's not the superhero you grew up on. Comics change. Comics evolve. Comics evolve for the generation that's currently reading comics. You know, the story, you know, I'm an old guy in comparison to who comics are written for now. And you know what? That's cool. That's all right. I can I can accept that not everything's going to be exactly the way it was supposed to be. Oh, they're ruining my childhood. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, let people enjoy this. Let people enjoy this because that's what it's there for is to be enjoyed. Fun. Bring in new readers. I want new readers to come into comics. You know, young, old, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, get them excited. That's the biggest thing. And I think that people spend more time complaining about it and doing something to, to help make it grow. Um, I'll use an example. Um, there's a comic store that used to be here in Austin that moved to Florida not long ago. And it's called Bat City Comics. These people love comic books, but they also love to get children and young, teen, young, young readers into comics. They do a lot of work with like the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, and they do comic creation classes, and they give them free comics to read and things like that, and and they use it for educational purposes. One of the one of the owners of the of the uh, of the comic book store just did a TED talk um, about you know education through comic books, and it's incredible to me. That's what it should be. You know, that's what we should be doing is using the medium, helping kids. You know, you know helping kids with literacy. That was the thing that we did with Stan Lee Foundation. It was all around, you know, children's literacy programs. And that's what we were writing towards. You know, um, I think comics can be a beautiful thing. You know, whether people get, whatever people are getting ticked off about, they need to lighten up. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was a long yeah, answer uh, to your speak, question, speak. man. But. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, Speaking of uh, people saying, oh, you know, that's not the Superman I grew yeah. up with and stuff like that. Now, the, it blows my mind because if they're my age, we grew up with like with four different Robins, three different Flashes, five different Green yeah. Lanterns. Like, we, like it's crazy. Like, personally, I didn't, I don't like Barry Allen yeah. because you know I grew up Wally the Witch, right. and when Barry Allen came back, you know, I was like, oh, he's lame because. Essentially, Barry Allen didn't do anything. Why the rest of the one had the, the, the tornado hands and all the cool flash mm -hmm. powers? But uh, I like Wally West better. Too. But when he came back, yeah. and when he came back, 
well, when he came back, I probably got too old to be full around comics or whatever. Yeah. I, I call it a nerd gap. Everybody, uh, some, some people do it, it's called nerd gap. Yep. Like, you know, you did other things, you came back to comics. Yep. Um, so when I came back to actually reading comics, uh, it was like New 52 okay. around, that, around that time frame. And they gave Barry Allen all of Wes, uh, uh, Wally West's powers. And I was like, that's crazy. Barry doesn't do anything like that. And, you know, I guess now he's popular. Like, the throwing lightning and stuff and all that, that was all Wally West. But now Barry does it, you know? So. Yep. You know, I think that, um, look, I don't think, I don't get some of the stuff that goes on in uh, in comics today. There's like 9,000 Spider-Men running around. I saw the new, uh, I saw the, the first one into the Spider-Verse. And that was amazing. I haven't seen Across mm-hmm. the Spider Verse yet, but I plan on watching it here soon. And um, if you if you like if you like if you like Wally West, yeah. and I assume you might like Ben Riley. They had Ben Riley in yeah. there, and like it's the Spider Man. You know, I grew yeah, up yeah, with, yeah. and he had him there, and I was like, oh my god, Ben Riley, yeah. Ben Riley. Everybody was like, who is this guy? I was like, it's Ben Riley. Miguel O'Hara's <laughs> in it too. I saw the Spider Man twenty ninety nine, which yep. I liked Spider Man twenty ninety nine back in the day. So it was like. Hell yeah, that's cool. And he was in Exiles as well, which is a neat book. And uh, so I really enjoyed, I'm really looking forward to seeing the new one. And to sit down and read Spider-Man comics where there's like, you know, uh, the Spider-Verse and, you know, there's all these different characters running around and Gwen's back and she's not dead anymore. And, you know, it gets to be convoluted after a while. It just gets, because when you read read it for so many years, you've seen all the retcons and you can, you start comparing one version to the next, doing all this crap. Um, you know, I would have liked to seen, you know, when Superman died and stayed dead. You know, not that I don't like Superman. I just, you know, it's that's a bad example. Bucky, you know, Winter Soldier. Like, there was one of the, it was one of those mm-hmm. things that when Winter, when, when Bucky died, Bucky stayed dead. You know, Bucky stayed dead for like 50 years. You know, and now you're bringing Bucky back. Are you kidding me? That was like, to me, that was one of those, really, we can do that? Uh, Bucky, you know, Jason Stodd, I thought he was going to stay dead forever. Comics, you can do what you want. And, uh, but, you know, but that's the thing. I'm not the writer of those books. I don't get to make those decisions. You know what I mean? And so when when people have filled their head with headcanon, about what these characters should be and how they should write it and how it should be. And I'm glad you're passionate about what you're reading. I'm glad you're a big enough fan that you feel that much love for it. But, you know, in the end of the day, it's just, it's a comic book. You know, it's not, you know, it is a comic book and we have to kind of remember that. I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of anger and vitriol happen over this stuff, you know, and it's like, I don't, you know, it's like Star Wars, man. Like nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Nobody hates Star Wars near as much as a Star Wars fan does. And it, you know, because they'll always find something to complain about. I like Star Wars. Star Wars is cool. You know, I, I can't keep up with it all now. It's like the Marvel movies. I can't keep up with it all. It's too much. But uh, you know, but I mean, just love it for what it is. Yeah, you know I'm, what I mean? Yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan, so I get what you say yeah. about the so. Uh, you know, I had a nerd gap. And I still read books, and I read the Star Wars books in high school. And 
I gravitate towards it because I like, oh my God, Luke Skywalker and, and Han Solo had kids, and that's all I want read them grow up. So I became fans of the kids. So when the movies came out, then like the was it the sequel movies came out, I was like, oh my God. Then, you know, okay, they changed some stuff. I'm like, okay, but I still get, you know, being instead of being being solo, he's being no, instead of being Skywalker, he's being solo. I was like, okay, I got one of the kids. But then no Ray I was like, oh my god, this is going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter. We haven't had that. And they freaking screwed the whole storyline up and made her Palpatine's daughter, granddaughter. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> a whole opportunity. And um, it's even worse now, I feel that way, because um, going back to that Nerd Gap, Nerd Gap, I never watched Clone Wars. So now right. I'm watching the Clone Wars TV series, and I see that Obi-Wan had this, had this relationship with the, the queen of Mandalore. So I was like, oh my god, they could have said they had a sacred kid and that was her. It was it was such a build up from there and Disney just fumbled, you know. <laughs> right. Now, um, uh, you know, the Star Wars stuff, I mean, like Mandalorian, I really like that show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, what? Well, I mean, it's like, I read some of the stuff that came after the or the, uh, the the first, the first uh, cycle of movies. I read some of the Timothy Zahn books and some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you know that brought in Grad and Grand Admiral Thrawn and all that type of thing. And uh, it was cool. I mean, I like Ray. I maybe I might be in the minority. I know a lot of people bash on well, Ray, but well, I like Ray. I think she's a great. It was, it, yeah, it was okay. It just the fact that who's who kid she was would piss everybody off. Sure. No, I get that, but I liked I liked uh, Ray, I liked Finn, and I liked Poe. I thought those were three great characters in the prequel or the sequel series for sure. I thought I thought I liked Finn a lot. I thought he was a great character. It's funny. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think he uh, I think he's gonna come back. Are they bringing him back for another? They're they're gonna do another another uh, trilogy, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he said some things. I think he's gonna come back because you know they treated him and the character poorly. So like, I think he decided like he would come back and, and actually do something. So because uh, uh, I guess you read the books, but I think his his character is uh is uh Cal Katarn. I think they're making his character like Cal Katarn, If you know who that character okay. is, I haven't read those books since I was in high school, man. So well, I- it's from well. It's from the game too, you know the uh, like uh, okay. Jedi Outcast, the uh... Jedi Outcast. Okay, I'm not a gamer. Okay, you got to understand, I don't play video games. But Jedi, yeah. but Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast is one of the most yeah, kick-ass so... games I've ever played in my life. It was so, yeah, so unbelievably it, good. Yeah, the main character, Kalkatar. I think he's played playing that character. I think that's who Finn is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's, cool that's what. As hell, man. Because the storyline wise, he being a stormtrooper who who left me a stormtrooper and then hanging out with the resistance, it's it, gotcha. it reads like Calcutta. So I hope it, it I hope does. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, your your process of uh, making comics. Uh, sure. You, you said you said you gave your co writer a bible for information. So like, how yeah. do you even get to that point? And now you have a physical book. Oh my god. Okay, so um, how do we even get to that point? I mean, it's just 
a lot of drawings, a lot of writings, you know, and, uh, you know, just this just a big old wad of sweaty notes, you know what I mean? Of just, you know, just putting it all together. I mean, um, how do we get to this point? I mean, do, do you draw, do you, do you like, do, do the character concepts first or you have a storyline first? Like, how do you get oh, to that? Yeah, hey, no, is... I mean, a lot of it is the, um, yeah, concept sketches first. That would definitely be the first thing. Um, you know, I generally, I write, I, I start with the character rather than the world. I know people are like big on world building. Like, well, you hear that all the time. You got a world build and world build. I know I'd rather start from the character, write the world as the character, as I need the world to be to make that character function and then sprawl out from there, um, you know, and introduce the next characters and, you know, all the different ways the characters that are going to come into the book. Um, it all starts with your with your lead character, I think, is first off. Um, you know, concept sketches, you know, like tons of those. Um, you know, that's happening while you're while you're writing your notes and coming up with ideas and that sort of thing. Uh then, you know, with like with Bigfoot Nose Karate, I basically wrote out what turned out to be a five issue arc. I wrote the notes for what that was gonna be. And then when Casey came into the mix. We sat down and we went through the notes together and started piecing it together and putting it into one, an order that made sense, and um, which led us to what we're at now, which is a five-issue synopsis where we have uh, we have our short synopsis that you know if we were going to submit to a publisher we could do that, but we have the long-form synopsis too, which is like like nine or ten pages uh, that breaks down you know, that breaks down the, the arts, you know what I mean? And that, you know, it gives us, uh, you know, really kind of a, a lead on which way we need to go when we're doing the scripting process. So right now we're in the scripting process for uh, issue three, and I'm already working on the concept artwork for that. So really excited because there's going to be a beautiful scene where uh, Bigfoot's going to be doing Kata in the desert. And I can't wait to draw that whole sequence. I'm really excited for that. There's a lot more to the book, but Kata sequence is something I've been really excited to do for about a year, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, I'll get the script, we'll get the script finalized and I'll start drawing that. And um, and then I, it just goes, you know, the each page I do, it goes over to Casey uh, to take a look at. Um, I draw with my fingertip. I don't use the stylus. Oh. Um, and I draw on Adobe Illustrator rather than like, uh, you know, Procreate or, you know, whatever the other programs people are using. I use Adobe Illustrator. Um, I do all my drawing in Illustrator. I do most of my coloring in Illustrator. I take it from Illustrator to Photoshop to do color corrections and then back to Illustrator for lettering. And then I do all the pagination in uh, Adobe InDesign. So, um, so why, why, why the finger? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So, <laughs> uh, my handshakes. Okay. Yeah. My handshakes, you know, uh, just a little bit. Uh, and so with the stylus, it really was noticeable. You could really see. So eliminate, you know, if I just go directly from my finger to the screen, it, I, it eliminates that problem completely. And I just, it draws a lot smoother. I don't know. There's something tactile about it that just seems to work for me. And uh, so when I do a, like live streams and stuff like that, it uh, it gets to be um, 
it gets to, at least it's, it's a topic of conversation because everybody's always like, are you drawing with your finger, dude? I'm like, yeah, damn. <laughs> so, are you, hey, you met anybody else did it? Or you, you think you're the first of your kind? Just like Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else is out there doing the same thing. I can't. I've, I haven't run across them quite yet, but when I do, I'll salute them. You know, give them the one finger salute, right? Yeah. So, so uh, essentially, are you finger? Yeah. So essentially, are you finger painting? That's how I think of it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I use my mouse too, but mostly it's my fingertip. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Speaking of, you you said you're a graphic designer. Now you took your skills from a graphic yeah. designer. To be uh, uh, the artist on a program. So when you sat down, I was thinking about it. So essentially, you became a better artist that way because now you can move the, uh, the images using like the the, the the points and make a smaller stretch amount, all that stuff now, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, the editability of the file is incredible, especially in working in Illustrator because mm -hmm. it's a vector format. Hey, Paige. Uh, it's a vector format. So the you you know it's non-destructive, so you can really go back in and make changes that you want to make. It's not like you're using an eraser tool in Photoshop, you know what I mean, where you lose everything when you're doing it. Uh, you know, I use you know the pen, you know, a lot of pen tools, a lot of brush tools, a lot of flipping masks, things like that to achieve the the color style that I'm trying to do and the the brushwork that organic grungy, you know vibe that I'm trying to, uh, that I'm, you know, on the main storyline that I'm trying to, uh, to bring to the table. So the, uh, the software that I use, I've been using it for a lot of years. I'm really comfortable with it. And, uh, and I've just collected or created so many brushes over the years. It's incredible. So like I can really get down and do some pretty crazy stuff with it and get that, get that kinetic style that I've been trying to, you know, attain with this comic. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. And how often are you planning on putting out uh, these issues of Bigfoot no scrouting? If I can do it faster, I would, but it's generally about every nine, ten months. It seems like that I'm putting a book out. If I can do it faster, man, I would. But day job, family, all that stuff, it, yeah. it definitely, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, I already know. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. With my last segment of the show which is called Digging in the Crates. Uh, another double meaning term, you know, Digging in the Crates uh, goes back to the comic books. You know, you dig in the crates for that old uh, uh, Marvel Sagas book or something like that. You're going to grab that. Or um, you dig in the yeah. crates once again, you know, get some more punk rock stuff, you know, uh, that you heard, the old sure. uh, Public Enemy or something, you know, the CD of vinyl. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go back and do this interview, find something to take, to take away. So people can leave for something from this interview. Uh, so with that being said, uh, might be two questions. But the first one, um, you said you know you you would like for bit for those cry to be option, you know, as a, a project, and you said animated. Yeah. Uh, when you said animated, how would you like it animated? Uh, I'd like it to be true to the art style from the comic. Okay. Um, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it in the in the vein of a uh, DC film, you know, the DC animated movies. I don't see it as a manga, you know. I just don't. It's uh, and I know that you know probably would probably do well better as a manga, just because it's so uh, you know, that's such a it's not a manga, an anime, um, because I know that's such a big thing right now. But 
Um, I would really like to see it kind of maintain some of its look from the from the series. I don't know if that's possible, you know, but that'd be my dream anyway for it. But you know, money's right. I'm flexible. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As as well, um, you say you did some comedy comments at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Would you do, would you do a a comedy series, or would you do you know a, a comedy that uh, comedy that you want to write or had a storyline for? Oh, well, we just did. I just did one not long ago. I have have a uh, have a. I I just did a crossover not long ago with Drew Edwards Halloween Man with Latex Avenger. I have a script. For a latex Avenger meets Masters of the Obvious roasted and fried All Star special, that uh, that I, I have that's like kind of burning a hole in my pocket, so to speak. And then there's another cat I know who's interested in doing a latex Avenger crossover with his character. So that's something that may happen in the next year. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I gotta really chew on that one um, <laughs> because I want I don't want to take well, I don't want to take too much time away from Bigfoot. You know, we got a good thing going right now, and I want to make sure we get this book done, and I don't want to get too uh, drawn away from it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty committed to this project. and uh, But I have my next project lined up for when I'm done with Bigfoot. I already know what I'm going to slide into, which is going to be more of a noir hitman story piece. So looking forward to that in time. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Well, that's it. That's the end of the show. Uh, for people who hey. uh, want to, you know, get this book uh, uh, or any of your books after the Kickstarter, you know, goes down, where can they get it? Get that, and where can they follow you uh, if they're interested yeah. in following you, your journey? Yeah, um, you can check out the comics at uh, lesserknowncomics.com. That is my publisher, Love LKC. Uh, you can also go to bigfootnosekarate.com. There's a link over there to Lesser Known Comics to buy books. As well as you can get T-shirts and look at art gallery and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then if you are on social media, you can follow me at Danomite one three nine. That's D A N O M Y T E one three nine. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, TikTok. I'm around. You can <laughs> okay. find me, but it's all the same handle. All right, man. That's cool, man. Thanks for being on. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs>